0: Hey, I got a new podcast coming. It's called Theory. Don't you know? This is Theo Rossi. Our world is changing. For many of us, it'll never feel the same. The important thing to remember is that we are all in this together. And that's some of what I want to talk about on my new show, Theory. We're going to discuss the things that no one ever does. The real talk, the sacrifice, and the struggle that everyone goes through. My life has kind of put me in a unique position to see things honestly. This is Theo Rossi, and my new show, Theory, launches on April 8th, officially on Spotify, Podcast One, and Apple Podcasts. I don't know about you man. I I could not sleep last night. I woke up at like 4:30. I laid in bed. I did the thing where you're like I'm trying to sleep but I keep hearing my heartbeat faster and faster. Uh so hopefully I like don't run out of run out of gas here.
1: Dude, I I right after the happy hour yesterday. I wasn't feeling great yesterday. Kind of had a cold and then um obviously i had like a glass of bourbon during the Mm. the happy hour so obviously so i like went and took a nap from like six until nine woke up and obviously wasn't not
0: go back to sleep
1: yeah so then i started watching this show called what was it called caught in the draft and i watched like 94 95 and then 05 the draft where the niners Mm -hmm. took alex smith and then almost took rogers again they traded they were going to trade up for rogers draft two quarterback and uh that put, me right, that put me right to sleep. So
0: it, I saw, it, I saw the, the 2014 draft last night. Did you see that? That was on NFL Network. So they just replayed the, the coverage? And it was, it was incredible because Gruden was on there. And uh, so I tuned in right for the Jaguars pick at three. <laughs> and uh, they're talking about all the needs the Jaguars have. You know, they basically need every position on the board. I think Ray Lewis is making a case that they take Sammy Watkins, uh, best, the best player in the draft, according to Lewis. They obviously go Blake Bortles. And Gruden immediately goes, you know, he reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger, yada, yada, yada. And he said something super interesting. You know, everyone was focusing on Gruden just like loving Johnny Manziel during this broadcast. But what I thought was really interesting is he said his arm isn't strong enough yet. We'll see if he can improve that at the NFL level. Yeah. And I, I actually I texted Bruce because I was like, okay, so here's a crazy question. Um, and if, I'm sure if you put this out on Twitter, people would roast you. What's easier to improve at the NFL level, accuracy or arm strength?
1: Well, I, I I would think people would say accuracy, yes, um, undoubtedly. But I think arm strength is probably. I mean, look if you looked at Manziel, he was a string bean, like, and and even you know, getting looking back at Rodgers, like people question Rodgers' arm strength back then, uh, and he has one of the best arms in league history uh, currently. You know, so it, here,
0: here it's was, hilarious to say, but uh, it's clearly arm strength, isn't it? I, th- I think so. And here I had a, I have a couple of hypotheses why. So the first is that it's kind of like, you know, they talk a lot about the, the similarities between golf and throwing a football, mm-hmm. generating power from the ground, using the torque in your hip. Like that's what Brady has talked about for a while. That's something that is, if your arm motion is sound, that's an easy thing to implement. But I don't think you, I think trying to implement the, the soundness of your motion is far more com- com- complex. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I would throw out there is just a survival. You need time to, to get either one a little bit better, takes a ton of time. Yep. I think this is the big reason. You cannot survive for multiple years in the NFL without accuracy and only arm strength. And so, in order for you to improve either of them, you must have the opportunity to spend 10,000 hours, say, you know, doing it. And one, arm strength and no accuracy is prohibitive to doing that, and I think that 's the big reason why you can improve arm strength even it 's not a lot either way, but you can improve it a little bit, and that can make a difference
1: yeah i mean we talked about i talked about this last night on the cocktail hour arm strength arm you know accuracy is the down payment mm-hmm. a quarterback makes analogy. every single game um, if you don 't have that you know if you don 't have that base or you think about like an investment portfolio, arm strength is sort of like the the blue chips, arm arm strength is sort of the the speculative stocks, right? Like you can certainly like hit the ceiling or or fall on the floor and stuff, but like if you don't have like a collection of sort of steady earners all the time, like it's not it's not going to work, right? You, you might have some pop ups, but it, it's that down payment you make um and, and very interesting I always thought of this when you know when Tim Tebow was playing for Denver and they thought you know everybody's like well his mechanics are terrible blah 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 and I'm like yeah but he's in the middle of a playoff hunt right now he can't tear it it was like Tiger Woods right when he tore down his golf swing right. one year and he didn't win for what was it like two years
0: yeah no it, it's something he's done a couple of times and yeah. everyone inevitably writes the piece where it's like he's an idiot he's trying to fix something that was perfect and it's like Anytime you make an an adjustment, it takes, especially at that level, because you're so good, right? Like, just to get back to that level of being so good is really hard to do when you change something. Um, We could talk about this for a while. I think it's a good uh, off-season topic. We should bring Bruce in, get some more QBs in here. Real quick, I want your thoughts on Gronk going to Tampa Bay because – Everyone immediately you knew this was going to happen. everyone immediately you know rushes to bet them to win the super Bowl and i'm a it's not that i'm pessimistic it's that the big difference here for Brady was that he now has receivers that can get open mm-hmm. Gronk, yeah, does he make them better sure, but is he going to play a thousand snaps like i don't think there's any way right
1: yeah it's a really it's a really interesting uh thought because in my opinion obviously like. Gronk was worth about 0.3 wins above replacement in 2018. OJ Howard's not a replacement player. So in my opinion, this should not have moved the line all that much. Mm -hmm. Um, But it It did. did. I mean, it it moved it from, you know, to win the NFC South. It was like a buck 50. And now I think it's a buck 25, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And. No, it's one seventy-five to one fifty. The win total went from nine to nine and a half. Although I think nine and a half, the over uh, is you know it's like plus one hundred, so it's favorable to bet the over. Um, and and there are yeah, P, you know, respected bettors betting it to make the playoffs. They're now minus one sixty-five when they were minus one fifty-five. So and, and you know, near a hundred here, they're not trivial moves. So so there is certainly some steam here. Um, I I just wonder to myself where the targets are going to go uh, because Brady last season threw like 150 passes to running backs. Uh, and, you know, we do project them to have the most passes in the league because they're facing a tough schedule. And, uh, you know, they're, so they might be behind more than people think. Um, but I just don't know if Gronk's going to get the 80
0: to a hundred targets that I think people believe he will. The interesting thing to me about this is there's, I think that the juice coming in on the Patriots is not just Gronk-related. So I think everyone understands where Gronk was in 2018. The PFF grade-wise, seven straight years going into 2018 of 90-plus, 74 in that uh, his last season with the Patriots. It was definitely not, not the usual Gronk. But this seems indicative of the Bucs going all-in to win now, Right which mm-hmm. I think is some of the reason people are going, okay, well, they're going to make another move. And the Trent Williams thing is, is really interesting because I mean, there are people that are calling for them to, say, to, to send their 14, overall 14th pick, to Washington for okay. Trent Williams, which is hilarious. Um, now, that, that would improve them this year, sure, because you think Trent Williams probably going to be better than a rookie left tackle, but uh, long-term, that's an awful move. However, if you're betting them for just this year, I could see why you'd be like, okay, they're just going to leverage everything. This is like the Cavs with LeBron. They don't care if they suck for 20 years afterwards. Right. just going to go for it.
1: Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you look at the Bucks; that has been the Bucks franchise. I mean, they, they started their franchise 0-26. Uh, you know, they had, I, I think it was like 15 straight seasons with 10 or more losses. Uh, Dungy gets in there. They're, they're relevant. <laughs> Gruden gets them a Super Bowl. Then Bruce is their starting quarterback. And then they, they haven't made the playoffs since Bruce was on the team. I, you know, so they're probably thinking to themselves, you know, this, this city has dealt with enough. We've already seen three teams move cities uh, over the past five years. Um, you know, there's, they're shooting for the moon here. Uh, and I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. But I'm thinking to myself. The number, of things that can, the number of reasons they can go under nine and a half are way more than the number of
0: reasons they could go over nine and a half. I, I am with you there. Um, okay, we'll talk a lot about the Bucks going forward. I'm interested sure. to see what they do at, at 14. So we want to do a couple of things. Um, we're going to talk about some props, and I've written down a bunch, and you've written down a bunch. Um, but I think an interesting way to do this would to be first to talk about the top five and really it's picks like three through five slash six. Um, and that will help, I think, surround some of the context for what we're going to talk about with the props that we like. So, um, you know, Burroughs obviously going one. Now there's a report that Miami tried to trade up with them. for you get Mekhi a tackle, no less. Yeah, for Mackay Beckton, probably. <laughs> um, and they said no. Then the Redskins are – in love with Chase Young. I could see that doesn't surprise me at all. We argued about this last night um, with them supposedly turning down uh, multiple offers to move up to two from the Falcons, no less, which I, I think we should talk about for just a second. Like, this is why the Redskins are the Redskins. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not, ex- you're going to draft, a- you are a terrible team. You're going to draft a, you're going to draft an edge defender instead of taking like, you know, a bounty for this number 2 pick. That is insane.
1: I said I tweeted this out the other day. I said, you know, this is how you know that like, you know, they always had the myth of God looking into Texas Stadium and because that was mm-hmm. like that's why they had the hole in the roof and that's, you know, why that, you know, Dallas Cowboys are not only America's team but also God's team and the Redskins and the Giants in the span of 3 years um like foregoing a haul for the number two pick to take a defensive end and running back tells you like, God's putting this thing on, like, you know, this is the, the prodigal son's dad, basically giving him everything. Uh, And Dallas will probably finish nine and seven, but the, the, yeah, it's funny that these two franchises can't
0: get out of their own way. I I really want to know, I hope it leaks at some point what Atlanta offered, because Mm -hmm. this is, a comedy on both sides. Like this is just as bad from the Falcons, you know, the trade won't go through, but this is just as indicative of the Falcons issues, which is how ridiculous can you be to think that you are better off with this one player than picking a bunch of other players that can support the players that are really going to win you games from Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Um, So I, I don't know. I hope it leaks that they wanted to offer him like, you know, three ones or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we you, we could still see it happen. I mean, the there's there's a situation maybe where there's like a three-way trade or something Because I think, think Washington so? is so nervous about ending up with you know ending up with somebody other than Chase. But there's always a way that they could move back to three, for example, right? And Detroit, if they're really willing to wheel and deal. Like they could, you know, we we could see a package where the the top three picks ends up looking like, um, you know, they want to get in on that, you know, the action with the with uh, the Lions and the Dolphins, where it looks, you know, it looks like Bengals, uh, Dolphins, Redskins, Giants, and then Lions, right? Like that that could be uh, a way, you know, in which this happens. Um, obviously, the most parsimonious thing to do would be, you know, just for the you know Detroit. Uh, and, um, uh, and Miami to make a trade. But Washington could get in on that and get some you know assets.
0: Okay, so let, here's a, a, a um, scenario that I was thinking of. And the only way that I can sort of see this really getting jumbled up and, and the number two pick not being Chase Young. So let's say the Chargers are sitting there and they call the Dolphins bluff. Dolphins have been spreading all these rumors and the Chargers like, you know what? We're not taking a chance. We're going up to three to get to our Herbert. And so they trade with the lions and then Miami goes, okay, actually we're not going to let you get this and we're going to give up, you know, we're going to pay whatever it takes to get up to two. And then, and then that's how you end up with throw to a Herbert, right? Yeah. But I don't think that
1: that's so you know, we always because this is the first trade we really analyzed the fine tooth comb. Like the Jets trading up to three, like a month before the draft, is way more. Like that's the that's the the except. Like I was watching the '95 draft thing yesterday, and at the last minute, the our Bengals traded up from five with the expansion Carolina yep. Panthers to one to draft Kajana Carter, a running back. Right. Like that happened at the time, and I think. So this is why, you know, so for example, it's pretty quiet about Chris Jones. It's pretty quiet about Yannick Ngakwe. It's pretty quiet about, like, we haven't seen any of these trades yet because these teams don't want to have happen what you just said happened, right? If you're the Chargers, and, and hopefully they think this way, if you're the Chargers and you know that there's a significant gap between Herbert and Tua, you're sort of looking for a reason not to draft Herbert, right? And if you trade up to three and you end up being stuck there having to you know herbert's your only option not only have you given up some capital but you got a guy who's nowhere near worth it and that's that's a sucky situation right that's that's why washington sort of holds a lot of cards here uh or good cards and i don't know if they're going to be willing to do well with it but that you know, that's why we haven't seen the trades, just because there's so much uncertainty, right? There's like it, it, it's not anywhere close to being the you know the 2012 draft with with Robert Griffin the third. It's nowhere close to being uh you know the 2015 draft, the 2016 draft. Like there's no, the, the the number two quarterback is not clear that a they're going to go two and b uh you know the the ordering is you know uh, a
0: lock. I'm just saying, I have not seen this anywhere. It would not be shocking to me if it goes Burrow to a Herbert or Burrow Herbert to a, and I'm considering we're going to be doing this on the show at seven tonight. We're going to pick the top 10. Each of us uh, are going to try and do as best we can to predict what's going to happen. And I'm considering the fact that three quarterbacks could go one, two, three, let's say, okay, chase young goes number two. There's no trade three to the lion's. Um, I, I was on the Derek Brown train. I'm now very much on the, they trade down and take a CUDA train. I just, it's so, it would be so awful for them after getting rid of Darius Slay to go invest in a defensive tackle. So to me, that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. And I don't know.
1: You know, after watching last season, I don't know if you're Detroit how you can say to yourself a run-stuffing defensive tackle is going to solve our problems. It, that now
0: it would be just like the Lions to say that, right? Like that's the problem. Um, I also am, am torn by this, and this is actually going to get to one of the props that I really like, which is CJ Henderson under twelve and a half. I I'm not so sure there aren't that Okuda and Henderson aren't flipped or very close in a lot of people's minds. And I think there's, so here, here's the way I think teams are going to look at this. We don't want to be wrong in taking the second best player to position. If we think Derek Brown is by far the best player in his position, and we can walk out of here five years or two years from now and go, Hey, we got the best defensive tackle in the draft. I think a lot of teams would take that, which is stupid, but don't you think there's teams that think that way? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I you know,
1: it's it's sort of um, taking you back a little bit, but like in 1999, right, the Vikings were just coming off an NFC championship game uh, experience, and they drafted Dante Culpepper at 11, and the Titans drafted Javon Kurse at like 12 or 13, and Javon Kurse was like an, an a, a all-pro defensive end in year one, and the Vikings defense got terrible. Now. Dante ended up being an all pro quarterback and really good, but early on people were like, why did you, you know, you could have gotten a guy to contribute right away. Uh, You know, you look horrible here. Javon curse and the Titans made the soup, all that kind of stuff. And I think that sort of, is a a view into how these folks feel when it's like, you know, and, and corners different than, and then quarterback. And, but, you know, people are like, there is a higher chance that an edge player makes a, or a defensive tackle or something makes a contribution early and, and, and GMs, especially ones on the hot seat. And we don't know, you know, how long some of these guys, uh, you know, have secure jobs. There, there's always that, like, I don't want to look bad while this guy's out here dominating regardless of, of how it affects their, the team that they're dominating for. They don't want to look bad as you know, immediately. And And it's kind of a crappy way to draft.
0: Okay, so if you uh, have to say right now who the number three pick in the draft is, it's who?
1: The number three pick. Um, I I have uh, you know, and we're not allowed. But if I were to do that Fanduel thing, I would have Tua. Okay, I'm with I, you on Tua. I, I, I'm 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 assuming that the th- the the first two picks go as chalk, and then Tua goes three. It okay. gets interesting after that, but it does. <laughs> you know.
0: All right, so, um, think- so the Giants, I mean, let's just get right to it. The Giants, to me, uh, this is the, the pivot point, the most likely pivot point in the draft where something out of the blue could happen. And the reason I say this is it seems everyone is locked in. On, so if you're trying to say, okay, where, where can something go totally crazy? You look at picks where people are going, you know what, that one's, we know what's going to happen there. And if something else happens, that cascade of changes is immense so is there any way that they don't you know that they don't go offensive tackle and if so who do they go with and the ways that I can see that happening is okay somehow it goes you know quarterback 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 and they go chase young um or
1: which would be a nice I mean honestly if that were the case I could not give the Giants any flack for that I mean it it would be a very good outcome for them
0: um Then I could also see there's a situation where the Lions stand pat and they trade down, um, and I'm not totally sure that they don't go defense. So um, I'm trying to think of all the weird ways that this can work out. Obviously, the easiest way is for them to take an offensive tackle, and there's still a ton of question um, around who they might like. I think that there's a very non-zero chance
1: that Isaiah Simmons is selected um, still. I know the the betting market for him, you know, yo-yoed quite a bit. It got all the way the under got all the way to minus one ninety. He was the favorite on Fanduel to go to the Giants specifically, uh, and that seems to have waned. Um, but you know, there is a. I still think you know it, that's why his prop is still at six and a half. It's really juiced towards uh, the over um, currently. But I I do think that that's that's the one alternative if the if the draft goes chalk before the Giants. Uh, I think it's tackle. I think it's uh, Wills, and and the the deviation from it would be a different tackle or Isaiah
0: Simmons. Okay, so this brings up two props that I still really like, and I want you to try and convince me away from the Isaiah Simmons one. So I tried my hand at the picking the top ten, predicting the top ten on on Monday, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to have a weird wrinkle in there. Who's the player that's going to fall? And I thought back a couple really of years. Good one. To a traumatic experience where as a Niners fan I was I was punching in my credit card number for my Derwin James jersey and they didn't take him he's a guy that I would have taken in the top five like in a heartbeat I love that guy and I wrote about it like you can go check I'm not making this up Isaiah Simmons I don't think is uh I would take Derwin James over Isaiah Simmons but I think it's close and it's obviously close in that they're similar players and teams have teams don 't want to swing and miss, so not only could I see him falling past six, I could see him falling outside of the top ten, and people obviously went nuts on me, but Evan Silva had him falling. Uh, I think Daniel Jeremiah uh, might have had him falling um, now over six and a half is I think like minus two twenty but to me, the over six and a half is like a stone cold, like that's for sure gonna happen. I wish I could find something that was like ten and a half. Um, but yeah, I'm not because I, you get a lot better payoff. Um I'm almost tempted. I mean, what's minus two twenty, like seventy percent?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean near there. Uh so um and, and that I, I'm with you here. I had a very big for me position on Simmons Under and and over the course of the last like week, I have turned it into a relatively small position on the over. Um, and, and I, 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 think it's, I think it's, I think it's hundred percent true. Uh, and I like, I like that bet
0: very much. Um, cause, cause here's what I'm thinking about. I'm like, okay, if, if, and here's the other thing, what about Makai Becton? Makai Becton is the first offensive tackle is like plus a hundred. Mm-hmm. And the giants going Becton, you know, uh, to me is not – that's something that was an early report and all of a sudden it's kind of waned a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I always want to be in tune to what was reported kind of early um, and not forget about that. And so Beckton 800, say Becton goes, and then you've got a couple of quarterbacks, and then you've got, you know, Akuda maybe has gone, maybe he hasn't. But you've got teams that need offensive tackles, and they'd be far more willing, I think, to take an offensive tackle – than to take a defensive player who they're not quite sure where he's going to play. And then all of a sudden you've got teams maybe trying to trade up for receivers and Isaiah Simmons is sitting there at 12 or 13. Yeah. No. And, and that's the thing. I mean, the, the
1: issue here is not, it's so funny because it, 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 it kind of looks like the betting markets for actual games where the, there's key numbers. There's, there's three, there's seven. And for Simmons, it's very much a key number game. If there are no trades, it's very difficult to envision him going one through three or five and six. Mm -hmm. Um, And seven makes a lot of sense. I think Carolina could very much take him. Um, But, but I like the over there because of the fact that like, there are certain slots where he's likely to go. And there are certain slots where it's almost clear that he can't go there. Uh, And, you know, I I like your idea of sort of making an alternative market for it. I, I can't find one currently, but yeah, I like can that we make a lot. one
0: ourselves? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um I that's those are great picks. Um I like your Henderson one and you know, I not to not to pat myself on the back, but I got it under sixteen and a half at like minus one twenty like two weeks ago, and it is currently falling. Um, to the point where I think 12 and a half is maybe my, my, my break even. Like, I don't, I, I think he very much could go nine to the Jaguars. I think that's what I'll end up going with tonight. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, it's it certainly, he he's gotten a lot of steam. Um, here's one that I like in a similar vein. And I'm, I, I don't know if we want to completely transition to this, but there's a couple, there's a couple, like, there's a couple of things that I kind of like here. Um, with Trayvon Diggs. Okay. Um, Talk to me. And and I think Diggs. So we have always sort of, you know, foregone conclusion that Trayvon Diggs was a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, that does not appear to be uh the the case the the case right now. Um, or or at least like his prop is twenty seven and a half, really juiced towards the over. Um. So when I when I'm looking at this, one of the things that I'm thinking of is looking at the number of Alabama players taken in round one. Okay. I I had this one too. I'm really excited to hear this one. So this, was I had five and a half. Yep, I had five and a half. And I and I'm I'm very tempted because over is a plus price. Um, and basically what you're betting on is is Xavier McKinney and Trayvon Diggs both going. Uh, both going in round one, right? Um, so, at a plus price, I kind of, I, I kind of like Alabama players over five and a half. And basically, what you're doing is saying, you know, and I, if if you look at BetOnline.ag, I'm trying to look at, um, I'm I'm trying to actually to see because I think the numbers moved a little bit. But let me, um the the price for the price for Digs to go in the first round is like minus one fifty but the price for a number of Alabama players over five and a half is like plus, plus 110, plus 105, or
0: something like that. Okay, so, let me play, let me play uh, devil's uh, advocate here. Okay. Here's a pl- the second player that I think could fall is Jerry Judy. If yep. the talk of the knee thing is, is real. Um, and in addition, so there's two things at play here. I believe that corner has been massively undervalued throughout this offseason yep and i don't want to forget that theme and i'll probably be dead wrong which would be great because that means the league is is getting smarter i would be taking corners left and right so those two things work in in concert in that i always like to think of things happening that i would do but i actually could see corners and defensive backs overall being massively pushed back um which would hurt digs uh the second thing is receiver seems to be in that same class yeah and I mean, we saw it last year with DK Metcalf, right? Like he was receiver one for so long, and then all of a sudden the guy's like in the third round.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I, my my issue is is I don't think Judy falls out of round
0: one. It, it could happen, certainly. Uh, we um, didn't think how many last year. We sat here and with for every single pick after like pick six, it was like, all right, this is Metcalf. Oh, all sure. right, this is Metcalf. Yeah, I, but
1: and, but is Judy. Gonna- yeah, you're right. No, I I. But so so my my thought process is so here's currently so this is this is why I like Alabama over five and a half players, it is plus one ten so you're getting a little bit of you're you're getting a little bit of plus money there. Um, if you go digs to the digs and is digs a first round pick the yes is minus one fifty. Xavier McKinney's prop is 24 and a half. So obviously there's the fat tail there like he could go over that and then go overshoot thirty two. But those two are, are are you know, fairly likely to happen. And then the, the first four Alabama players are more or less locks, right? Wills, yep. Uh, you know, the two wide receivers, and, and Tua. So that, to me, I think is one, if you want to, if you want, and then, you know, you could always, I don't think, you know, the, it's not positive EV, but if you want to, like, you know, try to get yourself a middle just because you're having fun, if you go, obviously, over, with Diggs as prop. And then, and then over the number of Alabama players, there's like a four pick middle or something like that there. Right. So it, it, to me, I, I just, I, I kind of looked at that and I kind of was like, okay, I kind of like the Alabama over. Um,
0: I want to stick on Alabama players for a second. Uh, and um, Jalen hurts. So specific round that he could go in. Um, I believe the heavy favorite is round two. And what uh, – so I'm going to try and leverage what Peter King told us. He said his kind of bold prediction was Jalen Hurts is going to go to a team with a really good quarterback, a strong GM, and, and one that believes in taking players that have played quarterback and moving them all over the field, the Taysom Hill model, to quote it. And then he mentioned the Falcons and the Ravens. Falcons and the Ravens have a combined three picks in round three, but also – are are shrewd in that I don't think I think they would target Jalen Hurts, but they won't overdraft Jalen Hurts. And it's like plus two forty, I want to say. Uh I can't read my own fucking handwriting. But I think round three is plus two forty. Um I'm I'm curious your thoughts. That's one that I think is is relatively um hidden. So I don't know if it's been you know beaten in the submission yet. No, I like, I like the Hurts prop, for sure. Because um. round two, it's like – so here's the thing with round two. What if there's this huge run on tackles, and then all of a sudden in round two, you go, okay, well, now I have all these receivers and all these corners. Like to, I, if I'm trying to think about the way the draft goes, it's like, okay, you know, blue chip guys, a couple quarterbacks, mm-hmm. all these tackles. And then it's like, all right, well, now there's these deep receivers. I better get one. And oh, I can't miss out on a corner because then they're going to be trash. And then like all of a sudden it's round three, and one of those teams goes, "Oh, I'll take Jalen Hurts, thank you."
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, we we've, we've seen historically, right? Like we thought in a couple of years ago, Mason Rudolph could have been a first round pick, and then he all the way jumped to third, you know, the third round. I think for a lot of the reasons you said, um, second round quarter. But we saw last year, Drew Locke, right, was a player that. I think Drew Lock Drew Locks straights in this draft might mirror Jordan Love's more so than anything well, which is don't. why I'm going to talk about his prop in a second but the but I think with Hurts I think you can't go wrong like I think he goes in round 2 or 3 and you know essentially if you bet both of them you're just banking on the fact that um you know he's not going to fall and he's not no one's going to take him in round 1 which I think is
0: pretty safe but the, those are how – I have a hard time imagining a team as taking a player that they don't see as a, an actual quarterback solution in round two. And that's kind of what I'm thinking is, hey, we're drafting this guy as like a weapon. I'm happy to do that in round three. If there's no one that actually views him as, hey, like real quarterback material, then I have a hard time seeing him go In the first two rounds, and so that—that is my thinking there. Talk to me about Jordan Love.
1: Well, so this was one again where, um, if you got down early on this, it was it was pretty solid. But he his over under was seventeen and a half for a while. It was nineteen and a half, basically equal on both sides. And I think now, if you look at Jordan Love, um, you are looking at draft position. Nineteen and a half, and a half where the over on bet online is minus 300. The under is plus 200 at this point in time with, with Las Vegas at 19, I think that at plus 200, you, you should come back, come back with a little bit of Jordan love under
0: what is it? It's you a 22 and a half?
1: No, no. nineteen and a and Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so I have quite a bit of over 19 and a half, but it was at minus 110 or whatever. And then, you know, that kind of moved. So there's been a lot of movement towards love Yeah. over. but where's,
0: I, where's Jacksonville? Jacksonville's at 20? Uh, let me look at, yeah, draft court. I, you know, and the Gruden thing is a great point. Watching him talk about quarterbacks – uh, on the 2014 draft was hilarious. The yeah. guy loves quarterbacks. He yep. loved Johnny Manziel. He was beating the table for Johnny Manziel. Um, but he doesn't take them high. That's the thing. I know. And, and that was what
1: Bruce always said. Bruce, you know, they made the, made the joke that he's like, he dates quarterbacks, he never marries them. You know, if you look at Gruden historically, in Oakland, it was what? it was In Oakland, it was Rich Gannon, who was somebody else's quarterback. Right. Yep. And then in Tampa Bay, it was Brad Johnson. And then it was Chris Sims. And then it was Bruce. And then it was Jeff Garcia, who were all that, somebody else's quarterback. And so far, Derek Carr's, you know, he could have, like, he had enough of a haul to move up and get Murray last year and decided not to. He could have gotten Jones. He could have gotten Haskins last year, decided not to. So that would be my only hesitation. But the fact that some people think Las Vegas could draft love there, I'm, you know, again, at plus 200, it's not obviously not better than 50-50 to happen. But at that number, it might make some sense, especially if you have some love already. Let's say uh, over 17.5 early in the process, you can come back under and get a nice plus price and an opportunity for a middle. That's that's one that I kind of like. I, can get, I don't I can love it,
0: that. You but know. I like it. You, you're gonna date it you're not gonna marry it yeah um okay let's uh let's close out with I'm just gonna run through uh the rest of the ones that I even wrote down and I want you to tell me like first blush for your thoughts here um wide receivers under five and a half is plus like 115 120
1: yeah I think somebody on Twitter was you know very smartly told us you know who was listening along said you know sometimes you guys are letting your PFF views sort of cloud and i and i do think that's true right especially last season with cornerbacks we were very you know upset that only one went in the first round yep. uh, or two maybe uh and like i do think that we might overvalue the number of wide receivers here so maybe five and a half would be uh, a good one um that okay. being that being I, said i do I don't like love the over there
0: yeah I, I don't i don't love it i just wrote it down yep. um here's one that i do actually kind of like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, first running back taken, plus 500.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, that one would be uh, a good pair. So one thing that you can do with that one as well, if you're not quite sure of Hilaire in general, is the under one-half running backs in the first round prop.
0: Yep. Uh, you which can is also, also get, plus money. You can also get um, the field for first running back taken that includes Hilaire. I think the other three options that you don't get are Taylor – uh, Swift and um, Dobbins, so I, I I think you can get that for this, yeah. basically the but same. But under price. no
1: circumstance do you want to do DeAndre
0: Swift at the at the minus, minus price. Two, that, two yeah, it, it, that
1: one that's a trap.
0: Um, oh, this is one that so Ruggs' first receiver I found at plus six hundred, and yep. I also found this one. I thought this one was really interesting. Jordan Jefferson, first receiver taken, is plus two thousand. Um. I think Judy's falling. People seem to really like Jordan Jefferson. His production was incredible. His testing numbers were really good. Um, Like that's we're we're more we're more uh, uh, tolerant of slot only
1: receivers now in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, I well, and Peter King said he's Justin Jefferson. The teams love him, right? And and that's why we've seen his his number. So his his prop number has stayed about the same. Um, But if you look at to the like, like the other day, I laid, I think, 150 to get under 21 and a half. It's currently, um, minus 270 to go under 21 and a half. And I would say, if you don't want to lay that price, your your suggestion is a great one, which is to say, well, just trade certainty, you know, certainty for payoff and, and just go, hey, number what first receiver taken, or if you get an alternate one. Like, there are some alternate props which, which will throw out the first three wide receivers and mm-hmm. say, among these ones, who's the first taken? That one is a solid one for Jefferson, I think, as well. Um, but, yeah, th- those, are, those are good places to look. I-, I, could see
0: him being, I could see him being any of the top three, at, to be perfectly honest. Yep. Um, I'd mentioned the Becton plus 800. Uh, there's some interesting places where Tua could go. Um, and the Dolphins are minus 140. I, yeah, don't don't lay the don't lay it with the Dolphins. There, I, some... I I was really hoping it was going to be plus, I, like really hoping. But um, we are where we are. Any others that you have written down that we should go over? Um,
1: I'm just yeah, I'm just looking through my my sheet here. Uh, there was. <sighs> No, I, I the thing I think that the Trayvon Diggs one's interesting because this is another place where you and I have to sort of lay down our opinion of what's valuable mm-hmm. and like ask what the teams are going to do. And I think very much teams are going to say, <clears throat> you know, the Giants drafted DeAndre Baker, wasn't good last year. How, you know, there there probably will be fewer cornerbacks taken in round one. Now the thing that you have to be careful of is when you bet like number of defensive backs taken in round some of the, some of the time the books can get squirrely with you and call Isaiah Simmons a DB or something like that. So just, I wouldn't actually bet those. Um, but uh, I do think that if you look at guys like, you know, Trayvon Diggs, look at guys like Christian Fulton, um, even Jeff Akuda, I would lean over on all of them. Um, just because I think the league is a little less attuned to how valuable cornerbacks are than,
0: than folks like we are. Fulton. I, that was one that I didn't write down, but I remember thinking long and hard about, and, it's, I found it, I think it was like 25 and a half. Like, man, that's high. And my first reaction is, holy crap, I'd take him way ahead of that. Yep. And that's, that, that's indicative of teams really liking Henderson. Teams, I think there's a couple teams that are like, you know what, I like A.J. Terrell a lot. And then all of a sudden you've got three uh, cornerbacks going ahead of him. And man, in a, in a really deep tackle and receiver draft, you've got also Jordan love coming in there. Um, yep. I, I think that makes a, a lot of sense to go over. Yep. Um, but yeah,
1: that I, I think this will be a lot of fun. What's really fun about this is I think like, unlike most years, today's probably not going to be the last day you can bet on props for the draft, yes. uh, with the books needing, you know, so it's interesting, William, I think it was William Hill, or maybe it was, no, that's uh, the the Superbook in Vegas. They're not taking draft props this year because they've only done it three years and they lost money all three years. So they seem to be the only only one wow. like sort of sitting this out. But you got to think that these sports books, having just taken an absolute dump the last like two months, are going to say they're going to offer tons of stuff, right? And I, so. and I think that that extends into tomorrow, which is relatively rare in that you know you reopen the markets after the first day of the draft but because sports have been so lean lately I think you're going to see that so this is going to be a fun couple of days uh really enjoy it because you know in, in all likelihood we've oh got in, in all likelihood it's going to be all we have until June July um and and you know obviously we're really happy to sort of be able to help you guys out and, and to uh provide content and enjoy it today it's going to be a lot of
0: fun so I've got one – I've got a special prop for you, but I wanted to make sure everyone knows, uh, all 25 of you that are, that are listening to this. Um, we're going to do uh, a couple of props pre-shows. Um, tonight starting at 7, tomorrow starting at 6. Our full live show with everybody. We've got a whole cast of characters. Chris will be there. Um, starts tonight at 7.40, tomorrow at 6.40, um, and we'll take you through the whole draft. It's going to be really great. It's going to be on YouTube, on Twitter. Even be on SiriusXM uh, channel 211. The mock draft simulator is going to get updated uh, over the course of the night so that you can start round two. You can start with your team that you want to choose, or you can redraft the whole first round and start the whole thing all over again. Um, so you want to check that out. The draft guide, you can get 30% off a PFF subscription right now with the uh, promo code DRAFT2020. If you are going to try and watch this draft and not sit there with a draft guide, like you can't go to a bar, just hang out with the draft guide. I, I couldn't imagine going through it without that. Um, we will be, we're going to go uh, with a pod tonight right after mm-hmm. the draft. And so that'll be uh, for you first thing in the morning. If you go to sleep right after the draft, or you can stay up and wait for it. Um, I don't think I've missed anything. Oh, live mock draft. You're drafting for uh, your chiefs at 1:40 uh, today. Um, that'll be (laughs) a lot of fun
1: are we i I can't wait to you know to trade chris jones and get a better pick
0: yeah right uh no no trades allowed just for that reason okay here's my special prop for you uh what would you set the line at for the number of trade-ups for a non-quarterback uh well i i see it
1: at five and a half so i'm gonna throw I would put it at three and a half over the over might be
0: minus one thirty really for non quarterbacks, yep, okay, now I'm just talking first round uh um, yeah,
1: yeah, well, so the current prop I think is five and a half. I can't remember what the the numbers were I thought that trip.
0: included quarterbacks, though,
1: yeah, yeah, so okay. I'm taking the two out, I'm okay. throwing two of them two out,
0: He's throwing two away, you're going three and a half um. I'm I'm taking the over as well, <laughs> uh, and I, this would be my parting statement. I, and I will not go back on this. If your team is trading up for a non-quarterback, pour pour a little more in the in the glass, maybe a couple extra ice cubes, and uh, yeah. yeah, that's the best way to get through it. I'm sure that uh, somehow I'll be involved in one of those, and it'll be really really pleasant. Um, awesome, man. Well, I will talk to you in like two hours. So uh, see you soon. It's not guys.